This is the 2.1 cast. Visit the2.1.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at the2.1. Hello and welcome back to the 2.1 cast. I'm Neil and I'm here again with Graeme and Stefan. How are you doing guys? Are you recovered from Sunday's disappointment? Uh, just about, yeah. I, I think it's offset with uh, the relief the international week is over at this point of of, uh, of the week. So um, yeah, disappointing, but we'll, we'll, we'll survive. Just another in the long tumble weed of shit that is 2017, I'm afraid. Brilliant. Uh, let's start off nice and bright then. <laughs> let's look forward rather than backwards, okay? Let's look, and we'll, we'll stay as this is probably the last thing we'll do on Scotland for a while. Um, Scotland looking forward. Let's kind of look at the next qualifying campaign. Let's forget what happened. Who stays? And in terms of that, let's not talk about Gordon Stracker or the manager at the moment. Let's talk about the team. Which players should stay in the squad and should still be there for the next campaign and which shouldn't? I'll let Stefan take this one because I think he's got a list. <laughs> I do have a list. I put together a list of players who are going to be cut in a Homer Simpson style uh, monologue here. So just bear with me, okay? Shout out if you disagree with anyone, of course. Oh, well. Okay. Charlie Mulgrew, cut. Stephen Whitaker, cut. Dan Fletcher, cut. James Morrison. Just, wait, hold on. Cut. Stephen Whitaker, he was was he in the squad? He was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. I know. I'm just, I'm just being thorough here, right? right in okay. case he squeals through again, right? All the chaff. I mean, I, I mean, we could have assumed that he was gone, but you know, striking means striking. Stephen Fletcher, cut. Robert Snodgrass, probably cut as well. No. Scott Brown, unfortunately, is getting on. I'd like. He's obviously played a huge part in this campaign for us, but um, he's he's. I mean, we're talking about the next two or three years here, so unfortunately, he's going to have to get cut. Russell Martin, cut, and Stephen Naismith, cut. So, I mean, that's just the ones I can think of, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players who regularly played in Gordon. I'll, I'll add, a, I'll, 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 oh, I can't speak all of a sudden. I will add a couple more names to that. James Morrison. Nope, said that. Did you say that in that list? Oh, I was clearly listening yeah. with intent. <laughs> uh, James MacArthur, yeah, did you say him? Yeah, I was, I was wondering about MacArthur. James MacArthur, and then the other one that I'm pretty sure you didn't mention, Akechi Anya. Get him out. He scored a good goal. No, I know Akechi is a really nice guy, but that's not <laughs> that's not gonna gonna cut it. He scored a good goal against Germany about three years ago and has been living off that. And okay, he forced a own goal against Slovakia. But I think people forget up until that point he was useless. And then there was a point against um against Slovenia in the very last minute where it was like, right, just lump it into the box. Uh, and he, he ran into the corner and just ran it straight out of play. Playing for that draw. Like, that was the most catchy annual moment that there's ever been. So get him out. Uh, a nice guy, but uh, no longer doing the business. The only one I would maybe say, and I know he's been in bad form and he's struggled a bit, but Snodgrass, I think he can maybe still turn around his form. Yeah, he's of course still, he's still maybe in the right right kind of age to have another campaign. He's only 30 years old. He's not, I mean... MacArthur? Uh, no, Snodgrass. Snodgrass. Oh, get MacArthur out. I... Um, Snodgrass, is, Snodgrass is, is good enough to play in the Premier League still and he's, he's, he's from what I've read doing reasonably well at Villa and yeah, he's only 30 Snod, years old Snodgrass is one of the ones who I wouldn't mind coming back in if he could play as well say, his way back at uh, conce- uh, conception <laughs> into uh, contention um, he, I, I mean I wrote something for the website on how dreadful he was in this, this campaign 
And it wasn't a coincidence that the fact him moving out of the team was a large part of Scotland now playing a lot better because he, for so long, he preoccupied that number 10 role and just did nothing for that Scotland team. And this also kind of coincided mm. with his club career slowly taking a tumble as well. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you don't have you. I'm not even saying he should necessarily be in the squad. I'm just saying don't like completely write him off. Well, I think he's good he's, enough. He's if if he can find his form, he's good enough. Why, why, why him and not James McArthur? Because I don't think James McArthur is is good enough. Okay. I think I, I, there's nothing to do with the age that I think James McArthur is getting cut. I just don't think he's doing the job and he's not playing well for Crystal Palace, who are on course to be arguably the worst Premier League team in history. So. I think, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I think James McArthur wouldn't ever be a first-team player for me in Scotland team, but I think he's still useful as a centre mid just to kind of throw in when and if as a backup, really. Let's try and be a wee bit more positive, just not, not for the whole podcast. I know that's not possible because we've still got to talk about Gordon Strachan and the manager's position. And also because you're talking to us too. The, well, I, I, you said it, not me, Graham. Um, what are the positives in terms of uh, personnel and players from this campaign? Who should, who should stay? Who's been kind of bright sparks? Uh, Griffiths yep. we've got a striker finally it seems for I actually can't remember maybe Kenny Miller's the closest years and years and years ago we, we've had this is uh, the closest we've had to a truly excellent uh, centre forward so but again it's offset with the fact that Gordon Strachan took far too long to to install him as a, as a first team um, figure um, who else Stuart Armstrong of course um Andy Robertson, but I know he was kind of around in the last campaign. And and one of the questions in, with the squad is, what the hell do we do with Kieran Tierney? He's such an excellent player. He can't. Re- he's not really covered himself in glory at right back. Where the hell do we play him? What about, we'd, do you think it'd be worth trying in a couple of friendlies, and I don't know if Strachan would do this or another manager would do it, is it worth maybe trying to put them both on the left side well, I one of the further advanced I think I maybe suggested that on here before is I, I feel like Robertson can play as a left winger and then you have Tierney behind him um, that would kind of take a, a I don't know if he can play as an attacking left midfielder Robertson so it would take a tactical shift to fit the both of them in but um, yeah I don't know what the hell we do with Kieran Tierney because he's too good to leave and then out, obviously you have Whitaker right back to slot in so it's <laughs> ideal <laughs> Yeah, Whitaker and Akechihani <laughs> on the right and then Robertson and Tierney on the left. Yeah. So essentially, as long as like the other teams are absolutely duffed on the left-hand side, we're okay. Yeah. I think I think Tierney can play centre-back for Scotland, to be honest with you. I, I you had him in centre-mid last week. He could play number centre-back too. Yeah. No, not number 10. I never said number 10. <laughs> he could play defensive midfield and he's played centre-back for Celtic, which means he's already better than the crap we got at centre-back. Um, and... I mean, it's not that bizarre to consider the idea of a full-back as centre-back. Plenty of uh, coaches do it. Pep Guardiola did it for Barcelona and Bayern Munich to quite a degree. And I'm not talking about like... I'm not, I'm not talking about like towering full-backs like Zambrotta Genetically or advanced, would you say? <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Our Scottish players are genetically inferior, of course. But um, no, I mean, I think, I, think, I think any coach coming in or, God forbid, the concept of striking stick around. The real worry in that team is in centre centre defence, and there are players who can move into that role in time. But I think um, I think Kieran Tierney can play a centre back role. Um, you know, I know it sounds silly, but we're not talking about a, we're not talking about a squad here that plays in week in week out in the Premier League, and he's coming up against huge strikers. And an international game is far more about putting together a proper system and having a proper defensive structure in place. And Tierney might not be the tallest player, but he is very athletic, he's very fast, he's very good at tackling and marking. 
Um, you put them alongside someone who's maybe a little more physical, a little more old-fashioned, like maybe like Christoph Bear, and they can complement each other quite well. And of course, what people don't really appreciate as well is that the centre back is actually what, like the first line of attack in many teams. Um, if you have a good centre back who can pass the ball or even run through the middle of the park, that can that completely changes the way teams can uh, can attack uh, with the ball and having something like Tierney in the centre there works. So. My my pro my proposal would be Tierney as a centre back until we can properly figure out who we play in the back there. And who's playing it right back then? Callum Patterson scored a hat trick for Cardiff's uh, under twenty threes. Oh, you scoff! I don't I don't see why we can't consider Callum Patterson. If I'm honest with you, if he if he if he because Callum Patterson is distinctly mediocre. I've always thought Callum Patterson Patterson is mediocre. Right, but well. mediocre might well be better than what we've got. It's mediocre, bit, Whitaker, I think. We have the, we have literally nobody. So if he gets on at Cardiff City and he does a good job, then I don't see why he wouldn't be considered. Well, let's kind of stay in like younger players like Tierney and Patterson to an extent. What young players are ready to step up? Is there anybody in particular that crosses your minds that should have maybe been in the periphery of that squad or are ready to be called up? I think there's a whole, I think there's a whole list. Literally, I've got another list of players who should be called up. Right, Homer, um, hit me. Um, Liam Cooper, obviously, at Leeds is a centre-back who he hasn't been tested enough yet, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be. I mean, I keep, I, I've got, God knows I've had this conversation with about 12 people over the last six or seven days, and whenever I've made suggestions, they've always hummed and hawed, but it keeps coming back to the fact, yes, but they're not Charlie Mulgrew. You know, so an untested Liam Cooper or an untested Kieran Tierney are still better than Charlie Mulgrew. Also now, I think, is the time, if we've got friendlies coming up, if we're in action next month, this is when you need to do it, no matter who the manager is. We, we, we need, there needs to be a change of the guard. We need to try these, these, these players out and see where we're at because obviously what we've got is not working and a lot of players are at the kind of tail end of their international careers. Yeah, we're now in a situation because of Strachan picking his old favourites and sticking with experience that... We need to blood a lot of talent all at, the, all at the same time. So we will have friendlies for the next year, which is quite a horrible thought. Scotland won't have a meaning, meaningful game for another uh, like 10 months or something. Um, but even guys like, and I don't think he's ready, but this is the point we're at. I, I think getting John Souter in there, he's playing for the under-21s. Um, people like Chris Cadden is another one playing for under-21s. Again, I, I do stress, I don't think these guys are ready yet, but this is the situation we're at where we need to throw people in. Um, the one that I, I've, I've got his name in capital letters here and I think he should be in the squad is Ryan Christie. Um, he was one I was going to mention as well, actually. He was going to be my kind of yeah. left field throw. He, he's so versatile, can play anywhere across the attacking line and bring something a little bit different. I don't care that he's young. I don't care that he's not been able to force his way into the Celtic team. He's doing it for Aberdeen. Get him in that squad. Here's the thing as well, with Germany and Spain, if someone was doing it for their club, in, in the La Liga, would they hesitate in bringing him in? I, I might be wrong. You obviously both no, know Germany do. I mean, obviously, Germany and Spain have much, much more talent than we do. But um, I, I can only really speak for Germany. Graham can speak for Spain. But Germany routinely make an effort of, in fact, I think I'm right in saying that Germany have um, Yogi Love in the last qualifying qualifying campaign there called up more players than any German coach ever has or had most varied amount of goal scorers in the squad than anyone ever had and that goes to show that you know they make a real concerted effort to bring in as many players as they can so they get used to the setup and one thing that really really annoyed me about striking and, and like I said hopefully these days it will be behind us by the end of the week um, is his absolute and utter content for the Scottish Premiership it really really troubled me that we have a Scotland national team coach who a says you know Scottish players are genetically inferior. B used to constantly complain that we didn't have a Gareth Bale or Robert Lewandowski, and then C 
Um, I don't have a direct quote for this, but I'm almost certain he did say this outright. Maybe he didn't, but he certainly alluded to it in the way he went about his business. Didn't trust Scotland's own top division. You can't have a national team coach who doesn't believe in the Scottish Premiership and relies entirely on the lower leagues in England and maybe like three or four players in the Premier League. Um, I mean, I've got a whole list. I mean, you've already, Graham's already mentioned most of them. There's also Scott McKenna Aberdeen who's coming through well, John McGinn. I think Graham Shinney deserves a shot. Um, and then, you know, like, and then you've got other ones like obviously like um, Cal McGregor, Stuart Armstrong, who are obviously a bit further ahead. I'd like to see Ollie Burke back in the squad. I know he's not. I know he's not um, really doing it, but he, there's no doubt he's got great potential. And you see clubs like, or sorry, not clubs. You see countries like Wales bringing on Ben Woodburn, who yeah. has made a handful of starts for Liverpool. So it's not like he's breaking into the 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 fray at Liverpool, and yet he scores a, a winner because Chris Coleman has scouted him enough to know he's he's talented enough for Wales. I think it's, it's the same with Ollie Burke, and I know he didn't do it in the few games he played, but I, I'd like to see him back. It's maybe a wee bit cliched as well, but when you're young, you've got that kind of fearless element about you, so you're not phased potentially by these matches. I mean, another example, and I know he's a wee bit older now, but is, is Rashford with England. He's like continuously been been one of their best players, even when they were knocked out by Iceland. He was the one that came on and actually was trying to do do things. He's he's a good player. We we just never really take that risk. We don't throw anybody in. No, we took far too long, and 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 Ben Woodburn's an uh, an excellent example. Um, there's the, the guy last night whose name evades me, uh, Tom Lawrence for Wales, who's only been, he only left Manchester United, I think, a, a, a year ago. He's only just broken his way into the Derby County uh, team this season. And yet Chris Coleman called him up and installed him in the first team. And he was, he's been, I know that Wales lost last night, but he's been excellent for them. We, Scotland would never do that. Gordon Strachan would never do that. Cal McGregor is playing at Champions League level, only just got called up to squad and didn't get a minute again in the two games against Slovakia and uh, Slovenia. I, I mean, that really says it all. I think, yeah. And, and then, yeah, you're right. And I think there's also, I mean, there's other players we haven't even mentioned. Like, I think James Forrest actually has a really strong role he can play in the Scotland team. He's... Um, I don't know actually he's, he's, I think of James Forrest almost like a defensive winger to an extent now he's obviously really good going forward but he's so athletic he's so industrious on that right wing I think he'd, a more tactically inclined coach can really make the most of him there um, but you know and, 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 and these are all players who really should be coming into this team this is the thing that really kind of scares me if Strachan stays on we're on the cusp of basically you know changing the guard here these young players waiting to come through and if Strachan sticks around that's going to take that's not going to be anywhere near as effective. Um, and again, it just really it really troubles me that we have all these young players who, I mean, half the guys we listed in that, half the guys I've got written down here, um, you know, well, Parsons already gone, Ryan Cresty, Scott McKenna, John Souter, John McGinn, Graham Shinney. All these guys, um, Strachan doesn't deem good enough to play for Scotland, but in 18 months' time, half of them could be playing in England, you know, and then they're good enough, even though they're already performing for Scotland. Yeah. And I think, I think, People bash the Premiership a lot for quality and things, but we do have a lot of really good young players, and um, and I think if the likes of you know Ryan Christie are offering themselves as potentially the you know leading players for Aberdeen, as Graham Shinney has been doing for a while at Aberdeen, um, they should be getting called up way ahead of players like James MacArthur or James fucking Morrison. <laughs> I think that was his middle name. Um, so. I know we talked about centre defence, I think most people will completely agree and it's quite obvious that it's a, a problem area for Scotland. Are there any other areas we should be worried about? I mean, that may sound like a stupid question saying it's we failed to qualify for another tournament, but any that kind of strike either of you that we need to be worried about going into the next campaign? Um, maybe not so much going into the next campaign, but the one I've mentioned before and I think, <laughs> I, I don't want to 
paint myself some sort of visionary but or anything, but I, I seem to be the only one who ever mention, mentions it is is in the goalkeeping position. I feel like we might have a problem there soon, which is is uh, quite something given that we've had three excellent goalkeepers for about ten years. Um, I don't think Craig Gordon is as good. As had three good goalkeepers. I don't think any of them are excellent. By our standards, by Scotland standards, they're, they're three of the best goalkeepers Scotland's ever had. But is Craig Gordon any better than Scott Brown or Lee Griffiths or Darren Fletcher were in their position? I think before he got injured, maybe. Uh, <coughs> I mean, yeah, once upon a time, what, like some, 10 uh, years ago, uh, maybe? Uh, yeah. Impossible yeah. to really compare, but... Uh, I think it's a bit of a myth that David Marshall, Alan McGregor and Gordon, Craig Gordon are these like generation-inspiring players. I, I, Do you remember who used to play in Scotland in Scotland? No, yeah, of course, Scotland yeah, of course. Before Craig yeah. Gordon? Uh, no, yeah, I do. I mean, we used to have terrible goalkeepers, but, you know, the players like, like John Archer at Millwall or Jack Hamilton at Hearts and Joe Lush, Scottish. Well, Jack, for starters, Jack Hamilton's terrible. Wow. <laughs> uh, Jordan Archer's the, the guy who's come in recently, but I can't say I've seen much of him, so... He might be the, the saviour, but um, I think I think centre back's the real one, uh, the obvious one. Um, but I think I think we've actually got quite a decent amount of cover elsewhere. I mean, that centre right mid- back, we've already spoken right back. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Callum Patterson will just do that. We're good. Or we can Doctor stick Doctor Funk. We'll stick Gordon Greer in there or something. Um, do you know that Callum Patterson's Twitter name used to be Doctor Funk? Any reason why? Or uh, well, he's a Doctor of Funk. Doctor Funk, yeah. <laughs> Qualified. Uh, uh, no. I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm actually more excited about other positions than I'm upset about, you know, centre-back. I think that centre-midfield role really needs to be completely revamped. Um, like I said at the top of the show, Scotland can still use Scott Brown, and I think he should stick around for the next qualifying campaign, but you can't expect him to keep playing by any stretch of the imagination, I think. Maybe stay in the squad in some sort of, you know, leadership role or something. Well, but Bear in mind, they already briefly retired. Exactly, yeah. But he was doing really, he's been Could doing we really Scott well. Brown as a coach? Now, even if he's still playing at club side, could we bring? I yeah, mean, I'm sure we can. Is there yeah. precedent for that? Just bring him in as a, as a coach for his like leadership and a, and and experience. Yeah, dressing room presence as well, because yeah. obviously I'd, I'd really really like the idea of like a call, this coming qualifying campaign. If we've got like a midfield three that's made up of like players like Ryan Fraser, Tom Kearney, John McGinn, Graham Shinney, Stuart Armstrong, Cal McGregor, you know, like these are all Ryan really... Fraser. There's one I completely forgot about. It's baffling yeah. how he ha- hasn't had more caps. Exactly. Before. And even, and do you know what, as well, actually, I've, I'll give credit to Barry Bannon, actually. He's really redeemed himself for me in the last two games. I know no one was really great on Sunday night, but I thought Bannon, he showed, perhaps by accident on Strachan's part, that if you play him in a certain role, he can really go do a decent job in Scotland. I thought he was brilliant against Slovakia. I think the thing yeah. about Bannon as well, he's different from MacArthur and Morrison in the sense that he's actually had a good season with Sheffield Wednesday so far. He, he has played well. Yeah, he, and well, he's, playing, he's playing in the position he likes to play as well. Yeah. It's another case of um, picking foreign players. And as, as Stefan alludes to there, you know, Strachan may have stumbled upon it because Bannon is one of his favourites and Bannon just so happens to be ha- having a good season at the moment. But again, it's another case study. Pick the players who are uh, you know, in form. And, and Strachan wanted to have a club mentality at the Scotland national team. I think that's impossible at national team level because you're playing games over two years. Mm-hmm. By the time the, the final qualifiers come round, everything has shifted so much that you're not going, or you shouldn't have the same guys in the team because you've got players who are out of form and in form. You need to just go with that. And you brought up Spain. Spain's an excellent example of a country that does that. Um, last night they played, I think, Asier Iramendi instead of Sergio Busquets. 
uh, in central midfield and he was brilliant because Euler Mendy's been in excellent form. That's, you know, they weren't, Lepetigu wasn't uh, scared to, to drop Sergio Busquets and uh, Strachan going along those lines just never does that. Well, let's stay on Strachan then. We've kind of held off for 20 minutes or so. Uh, should he go? I mean, I'm thinking know the answer. But well, we, yeah, we, he should definitely go. Uh, I'm just looking forward to hearing some of the suggestions from Stefan of who should replace him. We'll let's skip straight to that because we've only got 10 minutes of the podcast yeah, left. Okay. So let's go. You think this is my number one choice, not my number one choice. I've got, I've got a whole list of options um, which are much better than your options, to, right. to put it quite bluntly. Um, who should replace him? No, okay, who's the... Who, right, are we both in agreement that Michael O'Neill's maybe the obvious candidate? I think he's everyone's best case scenario. Right. Well, not best case scenario, but he's like the maybe most... Alex Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, partly so, yeah. <laughs> certain newspapers, I believe, yeah. Alex Ferguson. It's a toss-up between Alex Ferguson and David Moyes, apparently. Um, David Moyes, bloody hell. I think... He's the favourite. Yeah, well, okay. I think... Uh, it depends what kind of coach they want. I mean, I... I was kind of like fantasizing about the idea of Sam Allardyce taking the role on Twitter this morning and, you know, despite a whole chorus of fools tell me they ha- the, the, coach, the coach has to be Scottish in 2017 for all, for God's sake. Um, you know, he's a perfect coach. He's a kind of coach who could come in um, and get the best of what we've got. You know, make them very hard to beat, make this team very functional, really just regiment that squad and which is basically what he was going to do in England, and I thought he was going to do that job really well. And then they, in my opinion, unfairly sacked him for what happened. And so I, knowing what Gordon Strachan makes a year, I don't think Sam Allardyce would be that within that price region. But you never know. Um, and he's actually came out and he kind of he lambasted the idea because he was on live radio and he said his friends are going Strachan, so he wouldn't talk about it. But um, he would be like, he'd be up there as like one of the best case scenarios for me, I think. Well, he gets the best out of out of let's be honest, shit teams <laughs> with, yeah, with limited options. So um, What people kind of underestimate about him is he's actually a really keen tactician and he really goes into statistics, he really goes into the finer details of coaching. He's also quite uh, ahead of the curve. It, I think a lot of people think... Yes, he drinks wine by the pint. <laughs> with this, yeah. Well, in sense, but I'm not... He's fitting in Glasgow perfectly. Yeah, but he, he... I think people think he's like a really old-school manager, but when it comes to like technology or the kind of sports science uh, side of things, he's actually at Bolton. He was one of the first... First managers yeah, to actually get at, heavily involved at in Bolton. That. He had, um, I th- I'm sure I read, or maybe it was a, foot fa- uh, a football focus feature or something. But he, when players came off, they went into a room and sat on bikes for ten minutes because it's not good to have players just coming off a pitch after playing an hour and then just sitting down on the bench without doing a cool down. So I mean that. So he's the rugby as well, isn't it? Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, just on, on the rugby, strange segue, I was going to make oh, this point. No, uh, <laughs> no, no. No, no. Uh, no uh, rug, you know, you were saying people claim that Scotland, the Scotland football team has to have a, a Scottish manager. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it hasn't hurt the rugby team too badly, has it? Scott Johnson is an Australian and they, they brought him in in Scotland where within... Minutes of knocking it. Like, look at me citing rugby I results. I'm impressed. What's going I'm on? Um, but they were within minutes of knocking out Australia, and they've done well in the Six Nations. So they went and scoured the globe for the best possible candidate. And well, what do you know? He wasn't Scottish. Is it, is it still we get the Bertie votes for you? Yeah, we do. Um, Which is a farce. And I hope it goes away with, when we appoint Michael O'Neill. Um, 
because I mean, obviously he's. I mean, half the Scottish half the Scottish Premierships coached by Northern Irish players. I can't or coaches. I can't imagine the national team would be much of a difference. If we're going for a Scottish uh, candidate, oh, I'm, um, I'm looking forward to these suggestions. Alex Neil, I know he's just taken the Preston job, but we're talking about after the World Cup that the qualifiers would take. So he'd have a full season at Preston, and then if you dangle a national team job in front of him, I'm sure it would be it would be tempting. Um, if you're looking for someone to maybe reinvigorate a squad and, and play attacking football. Um, another one who is free and I think is a, is a reasonable coach is, is Steve Clark. But I'm just thinking to myself, was, was he maybe in the newspapers for something? There was a news, was he maybe having some kind of troubles or something? Or did I make that up? I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, uh, Steve Clark is, I think, is an, an excellent coach. I've seen, um, I've seen Jürgen Klinsmann linked, which makes me laugh as uh, someone um, who follows American soccer because uh, Jürgen Klinsmann was uh, lambasted in America for um, picking his old favourites, falling out with the media and <laughs> overlooking domestic players. Snap him up, Gordy. Yeah, so maybe, maybe he's, he's not the right man. We've already mentioned David Moyes, who's actually been installed t- today as the bookmaker's favourite. Um, which Just fills me with even more dread than Gordon Shacken, uh, Gordon Shacken continuing because uh, if you're looking for someone to reinvigorate a squad, if you look at Sunderland, Real Sociedad and Manchester United, his last three jobs, you would say the thing that uh, cursed David Moyes more than anything else was his failure to uh, kind of just get a bit of energy about things. I mean, he's like a dead man walking and that's kind of the vibe he gives off. So, uh, yeah, not David Moyes, please. A really, a really left field one, which comes on behalf of my friend Ross Dunbar. Actually, I was talking to him, but it was was Marcel Collar, who's the Australian national team coach. Um, I, thought, I thought Billy Reid was coming there. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> he's been in charge for six years. Um, you know, he's done a really good job at Australia. He's revamped their national, the entire national team. Um, he's a really smart tactical player, um, and he's done really, really well. Um, and you know, if if we're looking for a really smart foreign coach who has experience at taking somewhat disappointed national teams and turning them around and getting the best of, the, of, a, of a smaller national pool of players, he's one. Um, I think Paul Lambert's worth considering as well, actually. I think he's he's kind of fallen into that kind of troubled, um, how do I describe it? Like it's a trap, I find, with young Scottish coaches where they go down south, they get one good job and then they try and move on and then they spend about four or five years just jumping from one troubled championship club to another and then after about 10 years you're like was he even that good in the first place um you know paul lambert's a really really good tactical coach he's actually does a lot of work actually that doesn't really get covered by the media in terms of like you know coaching seminars training seminars is he not just a bit i i don't dislike paul lambert but is he not just a bit kind of meh do you know what i mean well maybe, just... well maybe that's what we want the, the, the guy we? the guy we have in charge is famous most famous for being snarky to the media you know um gone striking is tactically um is completely inept in my opinion um if paul lambert wants to revamp this entire squad the way they train the way they t- the tactics and he does it all with a dour look in his face that's fine with me um i think he's, he's i don't really mean in terms of his his character i just meant in terms of his track record and i don't know it just doesn't inspire me in any way that's not saying i dislike him or i think he's a bad coach it's just a it's just a next in line appointment but he's but he's but he's so much more than what gordon strachan offers he this is the point i'm trying to make he he really goes into the finer details of things as well as a coach 
And I think he, I think a job like Scotland that doesn't have the same day-to-day pressures of like a championship job, which in my opinion, I mean, I think the championship is just genuinely like the worst option any football coach can take because it's just that league just chews up and spits out coaches time and time again. Um, even if you, even, you know, how many coaches have we seen get promoted from the championship and after two seasons in the Premier League, they're, you know, they're yesterday's news. Maybe not even two seasons, it could be. Yeah, I mean, Owen Coyle's a perfect example of that, who's only just came back. Now, the guy who once turned down Celtic is now Ross County because of what happened to him in English football. Um, so I think I think Paul Lambert deserves um, really genuine consideration. I think people should maybe consider that, um, you know, he did a really good job at Norwich. And like a lot of good coaches down south got chewed up by the system down there. And I think he deserves a lot. Um, we've talked with Michael O'Neill. Yes, okay, fine, let's do Billy Reid. Billy Reid. No. Also, another man who turned down, I think he turned down Swansea, didn't he, when he was at Hamilton? Yeah. And then look at I don't know why you're laughing at Billy Reid. Right, I'll tell you why I'm laughing at Billy Reid. Billy Reid, I do not doubt, is a good coach, but Billy Reid is the assistant manager of a Norwegian team who are doing well, admittedly, uh, sorry, yeah, Swedish team who are doing well, admittedly, but he's not even a manager at present. Do you know um, what Pep Guardiola was once? Pep Guardiola is the ana- uh, 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 the uh, anomaly in all coaching. Do you know what Jose, do you know what Jose Mourinho was once? Translator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but they, do you know, do you know what Ian Cathro was once? Yeah, well, you, if we can cut him out of the equation, I've seen him being mentioned a few times. Um, yeah, but the, all these guys, with the exception of Pep Guardiola, because he's always the exception, Mourinho, there was a progression in his career. It wasn't like Chelsea just appointed him after being Sir Bobby Robson's translator. Uh, and as I say, Billy Reid, I have no doubt, is doing good work at Ostersunds in, in, in Sweden. But we're not going to appoint him as national team manager for being an assistant manager to... A, no, you're going to appoint him for the great job he did at Hamilton and the fact what, about, that he is a really good coach. How long ago? 10, 12 years ago? It doesn't really matter, though, what he did 12 years or 10 years. It doesn't, really, it doesn't have to be someone who's hot in the last two years or something. Like, I'm not saying Billy Reid is an obvious example. The point I'm trying to make here is that... Um, if we're looking for someone who isn't as flashy, if we're looking for someone who'll just get on with the actual coaching that needs to be done, uh, someone who's so who is unassuming, someone who appreciates that to be a good manager. Have him as an assistant then, or as part of the coaching setup. I don't think he's shown enough in the last ten years to suggest he's ready maybe, for maybe maybe a national right. team manager. Well, what, what? Well, I mean, what kind of caliber of coaches are we talking about here? <laughs> Slightly higher than Billy Reid. I don't uh, think we are. See the guys I've mentioned: Paul Lambert, Sam Ardice, Michael O'Neill. All three of them might have absolutely no interest in coaching Scotland. I would suggest at least a few of them will. Well, Paul Lambert, for one, I was on the radio the other day saying that we'd have to consider it. So I know for a fact. I'm not like okay. I, I just think I think people need to consider that. I get what you're trying to say. You're you're saying that we should think outside the box and maybe not just give it to the next guy in line. But mm-hmm. I, I do. <laughs> I do balk at the suggestion, uh, the suggestion that Billy Reid should but, be national team manager. But hold on a minute. Um, yeah, I know Ostersund aren't you know this huge club, but they're in a they're in a league in Sweden, which the Swedish the Swedish league has came on leaps and bounds in the last six or six seven eight years. Um, the coaching that's done out there is second to none in terms of Scottish football. We also have to consider that the coaches that we're bringing through in Scotland right now aren't good enough. Um, and we have a coach who did well at Hamilton well uh, a while ago. He, as, as Neil pointed out, turned down jobs in really good jobs in England at Swansea, as Neil pointed out. And he's now in a, he's now in a country and he's doing successfully well in a system that produces very good coaches. Why why is it why would it be so daft to think 
this is a guy who's obviously a good coach, he's unassuming, and he would just get on with the job. Because, the, okay, I'm discounting Hamilton because it was Why? so long ago. In the same way that I, uh, uh, let's think about an example, uh, Louis van Gaal going to Manchester United, all his 90s success was discounted what, and what, as it turned what, out, was what, irrelevant. What was Gordon Strachan's success when he went to Scotland? Well, he'd done a de decent job with Celtic. Yeah, and how, how, many, how, many, how many years ago was that before he moved to Scotland? Not as long as Billy Reid. <laughs> right now. I don't think you're right. Um, and also, Gordon Strachan had been a coach in the Championship where... Dreadful coach in the Championship. He'd been a mediocre coach in the Championship. He left Celtic but in 2009, he took the Scotland the job in 2013, so four years. Yes, four years! How long ago was Billy Reid at Hamilton? I'm going to find that out right now. I think this is going to end badly for you, Stefan. Possibly, but I don't care. <laughs> Billy Reid fashion designer, that's not who I want. <laughs> he doesn't know. But there, there needs to be some sort of, I mean, for instance, here's a good, assistant managing is a far different job from being a manager. For instance, Paul Clement was arguably... When did, when did Billy Reid leave Hamilton? Uh, well, you're going to tell me. I think it was, uh, I'm going to go with like 2008. 2013. 2013? There you go. what? No, that's, that can't be right. Is it? Reid left Hamilton by mutual consent on 3rd of April 2013, after more than seven years in, in the job. No, fair enough. There's a lot. There's a lot. Right, so yeah, a whole three years since a good job at Hamilton. Um, I just think there needs to be a line between... I mean, we okay, let's take the two things in isolation, right? Would you give the job to someone who'd done well at Hamilton? Just as that was the only thing he'd done. Would you give the Scotland national team job to someone who'd done well at Hamilton? And doing well at Hamilton for Billy Reid wasn't even Alex Re uh, Alex Neil doing well at Hamilton. Yeah, Alex it was Neil taking it was taking them foundations. up. Yeah, Alex Neil took Hamilton into the top half of the table, uh, but Billy Reid took them up and kept them up. Yeah, and one Scotland. So you give him to you'd it. give him to you'd give it, him the Scotland job on the basis. No, not just that. I'm I just pointed out. So his job after that as assistant years. manager. Yeah, I think that's genuine thing. That's something we genuinely should consider. I think we're gonna move on. Uh, I'm not saying he's my first choice. I'm just saying it's stupid to assume that he wouldn't do a good job at Scotland. Right. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's finally just look at if there's a wider issue in Scottish football here rather than just Gordon Strachan as manager. I mean, two things. Are we producing enough good players? I think there's an obvious answer to that. We don't have a bail, by the way, guys, in case you don't remember being told. And also, are the SFA doing enough? Are they doing all that they can to make sure that we are producing these players? We're not talking about genetics, I'm talking about technically good players. I want to talk about genetics. Um, <laughs> I, I, do we have good enough players? Yes. We currently have good enough players to make a major tournament. I can't look at Northern Ireland or Ireland uh, making the playoffs and, um, and think that we don't have a better team on paper in terms of quality than those, those sides. We have good enough players to make a major tournament. Are good enough players coming through? Um, yeah, again, I would say yes, because I, th I think this is an ex quite an exciting generation of Scotland players. I, I can't remember um, being more enthused about players coming through. Um, I look at the under-21s team and there are, there are players in there that I would expect in two, three, four years to be national team members. The difficult question you've asked there is, the, are the SFA doing enough? And we had an, an article from Doogie Wright last week in the site about um, Mark Vota's reforms maybe starting to become visible in, in, in Scott Gemmell's... Um, uh, under 21 side fun fact about Scott Gemmell his, his, his name is S-C-O-T um, because his full name is Scotland 
um, so that uh, no way. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. His name's no, no, is that a joke? No, no, that's his name's full name is actually Scotland. His first name is Scotland. <laughs> Dougie reminded me of it, but I had read that before. Uh, that Scott Scott Gemmell's uh, first name is Scotland. But um, so anyway, it's a very difficult question to answer. Are, are they doing enough at, at grassroots level? Um, we had a, an event at the Drygate Brewery a month ago in which we had a lot of questions, which to be honest were a little bit off topic given what we were speaking about but there's a lot of people asking about youth development and a lot of concern from parents um, so that would suggest no but um, it won't be for another few years that Vota's reforms and then Malky Mackay whatever he's doing will become apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah I think I think Scotland does now produce players who are good enough of a technical ability which it's easy to forget that when I was growing up, that was what everyone was terrified about. When I was growing up, it was always we have physical players who aren't technically good enough. Now we've got technical players who, according to Strachan, genetically are too short. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, I think players like Ryan Christie, players like Cal McGregor, they're technically as good as any player of an equal standard in our leagues. You know, I'm not saying they're, you know, they're Leo Messi or anything like that, but I think we are now producing players who are technically good enough. Where I think we're still struggling is with our coaching. Um, I think um, I don't think Scottish FA are doing enough to coach um, in a way that fits in with how other teams, or other countries are in Europe for coaching. Um, you know, I've, got, I've actually I'm actually in the middle of writing a piece right now. I'll go up either today or tomorrow, which if you listen to this means yesterday or today. Um, that looks at how even though there's lots of goals in the Scottish Premiership, our teams still pass the ball in a really frantic way. Uh, how our teams still don't close down balls the same way that they do in Spain and Germany. It's you know you'll have you t- you tend to have some striker running full pill at a centre back, and in the centre back instead of knowing to pass his full back and then pass it to the centre mid to turn and run with the ball, he lumps it up the park out of sheer for sheer terror more often than not. So the players are the players are technically good enough now, um, but the coaching's holding them back, uh, and I think that actually plays a large part of why we don't have any really good centre backs coming through at the moment because. The way that we play football in the Scottish Premiership doesn't really allude to um, players learning how to tactically um, fit into a system, how to close down as a unit, how to defend as a unit. It's still very much, in, and I constantly say this, we, we, we learn a lot from the English game in the sense that it still can be 22 guys bouncing off each other, even though we've got technical players in there who can dribble really well, pass really well. Um, so. Players are there, but there's still a lot of coaching that has to be done, and I'm not sure the Scottish FA is doing that properly. I think they have people in place. I'm just not sure if they um, are perhaps a lot outdated in that regard. So I really went to the weeds with that, and I don't really know if it made any sense <laughs> yeah. of it, to be honest, and people's eyes are probably glazed over at this point, but that's... A Billy Reed glaze. A Billy Reed glaze. It's not quite a Jose Mourinho glaze, but we're crossing over franchises. I know, I just realised what I did there. Yeah, I realised yeah. that wasn't a 2.1 production. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Don't uh, cross the streams. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, again, you can follow the 2.1 on social media, at the 2.1. That's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the lot. Uh, if you're interested in subscribing, which really uh, allows us to do a lot more uh, content, a lot more kind of cool things coming up. Uh, Please check that out on the2.1.com. All the kind of subscription details are there. But until next week, we'll see you again for another episode of the 2.1 cast.